Agent Mansell, FBI. <laughs> I'm yeah, looking for old. What? Your ID is a badge. Expired by about 20 years. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that ain't you in the photo. So. Who are you? I'm just a man. Who's looking for someone? Yeah, well, you probably shouldn't flash cheese like that around here, bro. There are three types of people who, as you say, flash cheese. People who don't know any better, people who are seeking to intimidate, and people like me who wish with every fiber of their being that someone would try to take it from them. Uh... Thank you for your service. You too, old-timer. Welcome back to Ginger Flicks. I'm Joey. And I'm Josh. <laughs> and here we go again. Um, this is a little bit different from the last few movies we've done. I'd argue it's too good. <laughs> I was going to say, like, it's too good. <laughs> Shoot. We can't really rag on this very much. because No, we can't. It's... We both uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. We thought it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. I'm sure we'll find something, though. Mm. Not much. <laughs> oh, I'll yeah. find something. If anything, oh. I'll, I'll make something up. I don't care. <laughs> I'll just <laughs> add things to the movie that wasn't there. Yeah, just like, you know. <laughs> like the time, you know, <laughs> the Scarlet Pimpernel showed up and fought ninjas. The Scarlet. Pimpernel <laughs> and ninjas <laughs> fought ninjas, and it was. <laughs> you Will took Smith. that into two, two very, very different directions. Exactly. Exactly. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. Like polar opposites. Just like two very, very different directions there and i i thoroughly enjoyed it yeah uh, you're welcome audience <laughs> you're welcome that's uh josh nick and original no it's not actually i'm pretty sure i got that from the simpsons <laughs> <laughs> yes steal from disney we need to oh boy <laughs> mickey is gonna show up on my doorstep Oh no, not with, again. With like a I don't know, an iron pipe. <laughs> that sounds that's that sounds about right. Or like like a fondue fork. Fondue fork. You know, yep. the mouse and cheese. I'm down. Or <laughs> or it was That was such a bad joke you didn't even laugh. Oh. And we're there. 
We are off the rails and the show hasn't even been on for two minutes. Welcome. 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 Yeah, they're just, they just, our listeners, because I was looking at our numbers, we have like a hundred listeners, I think. And first off, thank you. Yeah. Second off, we're sorry. <laughs> we're just sorry. We're so sorry. <laughs> you guys must really like us. But it's possible. I don't know. Maybe. Anyways. <laughs> Josh, what movie did we actually watch that, you know, like I said, might be too good for our show? Dude, we watched nobody. And I'm not talking about we didn't watch someone. Like, I'm not talking about we watched nobody. Like, implying that we watched somebody or everybody. We do watch everybody. But we didn't watch anybody, but we watched nobody. Anybody. That's the other one. Yeah, exactly. So. I'm anybody. Anybody. (laughs) So, yes, we watched the Bob Odenkirk starring movie. Nobody. Exactly. Former writer of SNL and The Simpsons. Did he write for some of The Simpsons? I think he did. Him and Conan were like side by side with their writing mm-hmm. stuff. Because I know his brother actually writes currently for The Simpsons. Makes sense. Did he write for Kirk's brother? Sorry. Yeah. Did he write for the Ben Stiller show too? Yes. Yes, he did write for the Ben Stiller show. Man. So it's it's kind of weird when you think about it to see a comedian in this role yeah like all i've seen him in i mean okay i don't want to say all the role that i've seen him in the most is saul goodman you know jimmy mcgill yes that's probably the most famous of the roles he's done yeah but i mean that and then the not doctor on seinfeld yeah yeah he's done a lot of other stuff too actually and he was in uh the one thing I really like him in too, because I've watched it a bunch of times, is Incredibles Two. He plays uh, Winston Dever. He's got his yep, voice. Yeah, and he had uh, Mr. Show with uh, I think it was David Cross. Yeah, yeah, and then um, <laughs> and then he was in what movie we did last year? Dolomite is my name. He had a little. He cameo was in that, that too. Yeah. So I mean, this guy does like, a lot. He's 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 managed to really show off his range, but he's his start is definitely in comedy. He's much more of a comedic writer because I don't know I would I don't know if I'd even categorize him as an actor up until recently. Yeah, I mean, at least with Better Call Saul, he yeah. became much more or like the Breaking Bad series is what made him an, well with, an actor per se. With More breaking, else. I think it's better call Saul that's really stretched his acting chops. Because with Breaking Bad, he plays, he's almost the comic relief. He has a couple dramatic moments, but not as yeah. much. Especially going up against Aaron Paul and, of course, Brian Cranston, you know, who mm-hmm. just crush it. But he, and he crushed it too. But it's like he really was a lot of the comic relief. Um, slash, he took a little bit of punishment in that one. Not much, but compared but, like not much compared to the other two, but yeah, no, I, know, I no. know what you mean. But then you get to Better Call Saul. I mean, I'm, this is not really about that show right now, but no, you know, that's but. when you see him flex a little bit more drama because he's getting he's getting nominated. I think every season for that role, 
And then it's it's so just like, funny though, like when you really think about where his career, because I was listening to uh, Conan O'Brien's podcast most recently, and yeah, uh, he was too. on it. Yeah, me too. And it's just funny, like the whole setup for Conan, anyways, is hilarious. Yeah, he talks about how he's like because you know, Conan's like. If anybody knew what I know about you, it makes this movie that much harder to watch. <laughs> that makes it takes you out of it. <laughs> yeah, and I I would imagine that would be pretty accurate. Yeah, that's just about. <laughs> but it, it's crazy how these comedians, you know, you look at people like Tom Hanks, who started out as a comedian. Now it's not like I don't think Tom Hanks has ever been an action hero per se. Like, there's never been a movie. Where he's done a lot. I mean, there, but he played. I feel like Road to Perdition. I, I was going to say one. that Road to Perdition, for sure. Or like be, Forrest Gump or any of his war movies. Yeah, I mean, Saving Private Ryan, for sure. Yeah. But that's not really action. It's just. No, they're war movies. Yeah, it's not doing like crazy stunts or anything. Like, no, no, maybe no, he was. Like I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. But, you know, you have this guy, Bob Odenkirk. And then again, I think that's just a testament because. Yeah, he is a comedian. But so you're looking at him like, oh my gosh, what's Saul Goodman gonna do? <laughs> and he as like, yeah, I see him as that role, but he, he totally flips the script. And yeah. I'm just like, right from the get-go, you know this isn't a guy you'd want to mess with. Well, I mean, they kind of set him up as like your everyday loser, like in the in the movie. So, like for those of you who have yet to see it, a we're gonna spoil a bunch of stuff, kind of. But also, like the whole thing with him is he is just living this mundane life, and yeah. he's just tired of it. Yeah, I mean, this movie heavily is. I mean, it's written by the same guy that does John Wick, or did, I don't know if he did all three John Wick movies. Um, one of the writers, I forget, I can't think of the name offhand. It's not Chad Stahelski, but it's one of the writers anyway. So it, it borrows heavily from that. But the difference was with John Wick, that guy, he wanted to get out of, you know, he wanted to get out of being a, a, an assassin. He has, like, before the movie really starts, he has a a great life with his wife and he's content with this one. You it's can tell the opposite. He's it's, just so bored with he, his life. Yeah. He's bored. He's unhappy mm. and he's just going through the motions of life. Like that's well, like, it. Him and his wife aren't even like, they're not intimate. They don't talk. They literally use pillows to separate the bed. <laughs> You yeah. know what I mean? They don't really talk to each other. Like there's, there's, it's, it's a loveless, dead marriage. He is what, for lack of a better term, is dead inside. Really, when you think about it. Yeah, he's just. I mean, and it, I don't want to say he's like dead inside because you can tell, like he cares about his family, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that, and that does come out later when he finally has that talk with his wife. But you know. I mean, one thing that sets him off is what <clears throat> his daughter losing the bracelet. That sets him <laughs> off, right? Like exactly, like that sets him off. So you're like, that. you know, it's like okay. Um, so you know, you know that he's 
it's not that he's dead, but he's his life is seriously lacking something. He was literally not going to do a thing until she said, my kitty cat bracelet is missing. Yeah. <laughs> but again, like, so this is what was cool about the movie. So, guys, for if you haven't watched it yet, the basic premise is Bob Odenkirk plays this guy who, at first you don't know his backstory, but he ends up being basically part of, he says he's one of the, he was part of one of the three initial agencies. So that could be FBI, CIA, NSA, whatever it is. Yeah. So basically, like the whole setup for him is he, like his character is the guy they send in when they just want everything wiped away. Yeah. When they couldn't arrest the person. <laughs> so it's like the okay. last person you want knocking on your door, so yeah. to speak. So he does that. Uh, that's that's his past. You find that out later on in the movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what's so great. So the movie starts out. It does this very quick montage. Like in, in that the clips are so quick. You know, usually montage is like it's fast, but it's like they linger on shots like a good few seconds, like five, ten seconds kind of thing. You're talking right? about like the opening? Yeah, when it's just Monday. Yeah, literally, it's like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It goes through like two or even three weeks of just this monotonous life that he's living. Yeah. Where it is nothing but routine. I think almost to the point even with the clothes he wears. Yeah, yeah. Or he'll wear like the same shirt on a Wednesday. Mm Mm-hmm. Same or, shirt when he's do when he's running when he's yeah. uh, doing his chin ups. Now again, that could just be like a filming thing, but you know, let's say. But again, but, it also. But if it is a filming thing, it's it's still I, like, smart. I, I think it's a, it's 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 much more than that. I think it, there's an actual detail behind it, yeah. not just of anything. Like there's an actual detail to show not only how mundane his life is, but how regimented he is to yeah. also show. <clears throat> excuse me his meticulousness but right you, but it's because weird. yeah no go ahead sorry in order to do what he did in his previous life i'd assume you would have to be quite meticulous to be as good as he is uh, you know what i'd agree with that my thing only the only thing i i think with that is like i didn't think that he's meticulous i just or maybe i think maybe he was but at this point he's just going through the motions it's become just part of his daily life he just does it without thinking fair enough and he sort of set so, up like a routine like because I, you because you see equated to like even like like for example my grandfather was a military guy and he kind of had his regiment sort of set up on a weekly mm-hmm. basis too Almost to the point where he would wear the same clothes on specific days, but I don't think it was ever, excuse me, ever that like that much, but it was enough to know like, you know, like down to his meals on this day, this is what he had and all this Mm -hmm. stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was very, it was very regimented in that regard. Yeah. And I'm sure I I feel like part of it. Yeah, I feel like it, it's definitely there. Like, he definitely had that. But it's like he's been doing it for so long. So I think it started out as a regiment. But then it just, again, it just became he's so used to it. He's just going through the motions of life. Like, even when he's doing his chin-ups, like, he has the picture of his wife. But you don't see it that he's, like, really concentrating. He's just doing it. When he's running, yeah. he's just kind of doing it. Um, But then, but you yeah. see that three times in a row... He forgets the garbage. Like he's late. Oh man! So it's like 
he doesn't have it's not like he's out late at night. He's not doing much, but again, it's just he's just fallen he's in regimented to the point, but he's not fully regimented because yeah, like you and I have you already had this conversation. Like, why isn't he putting the garbage can out at night? Yeah. Do it Monday night before it comes on Tuesday. That's what everybody yeah, does. Exactly. Um, but anyway, so he's in this life. That's what everybody and, does. And you don't have to get up early Tuesday to try and catch the garbage man. Your, yeah. your bin's already out there. Exactly. But so, like, you know, you, we see him in this life <clears> and then uh, his house gets broken into. And yeah. his house gets broken into and... He could have stopped the attackers. And we find out that even before we find out later that he really could have stopped them if he wanted to, but he let them he let them rob. Like rob his house. He didn't have much to give. He says, I use debit, so there's a little cash in that drawer. His son tries to stop the one mm-hmm. and he pulls out like a bat or whatever to take down the, the lady. But uh He's got a golf club, but then he notices like certain details about them that would say these guys are mm-hmm. just like, you know, they're desperate type of thing. Yeah. And then, well, you f- you find out later that he knew the gun was empty. So like he easily could have stopped them if he wanted to. But that's right? And that's what I mean by meticulous. Like he notices those little details. So that has to be part of it with him, right? Well, that's like training. Like yeah. I'm, I'm sure some, someone puts a gun in his face. He knows like right away he knows what to look for mm-hmm. and he probably can read people without even yeah. thinking and you find that out when he's talking to his brother on the you know on the radio and stuff mm-hmm. but yeah so then you know they rob a little bit they punch his son <laughs> which yeah. at that point you see him he could have snapped but again he, he was knew- close but then he sort of realized but, it too yeah but he knew he knew that they're not going to do anything and he doesn't want like that's what's cool about his character. He knows when someone's really gonna hurt somebody, mm-hmm. so he's like, no, yeah. like, like, yeah, they punched his son. Which again, even if he knew they're not gonna do much more, I'm surprised he didn't just snap. But again, <laughs> like, I'm just, sorry it, if someone hit my child. Shows, like, it 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 shows he has control, but yeah, it also like. Then but to he, follow that up, it, it also sort of shows he's on the brink because he was about ready to actually do it. Oh my god! And he his does face hold him back. His face when he pulls out the golf club and he's ready. Like to he's knock got the around. arm ready he, to swing. But his face, you're like, oh snap! Like he, it's gonna happen early, but nope, nothing. Nope. Happened. You're like, he okay. sort of holds back. Okay, whatever. And it was, he goes back to the monotony and everything. But I, I did like how. Everybody around him seemed to like try to uh, what's the word? It, emasculate him t- in a sense. Oh yeah. When they find out he hasn't, he didn't do anything. Well, yeah, of course. You know, you have his brother or his brother-in-law, I should say. Yeah, is the one that really. It really gives it to him. Michael Ironside, which is again, the, the actors in this movie are wicked, are so <laughs> good. Um, but you have Michael Ironside playing his father in law, and he had such a small part. It's so weird because it almost would have made like I because you have Michael Ironside and Christopher Lloyd like playing <laughs> the father, like the grandfathers, yeah. And Michael Ironside, you would think he's the badass. 
because he is right like every movie but i i think that's sort of the setup with it right where yeah and 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 even the brother-in-law they say oh yeah i know he's a soldier that served in afghanistan or iraq Mm -hmm. or whatever he did i don't know how many tours or, Mm -hmm. or whatever and they sort of played it off like yeah they're they are military families Mm-hmm. But the, the fact is, is that, you know, like they, they sort of played it off with the cover of uh, Bob Odenkirk's character, at least being some sort of like a, an, an analyst or just yeah. or the, the whole tor- the term he uses for what he actually did was an auditor. And they sort of just, I think, just use that to make it the most mundane sounding thing mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and that's why he's, I guess, an auditor or something. He's whatever he is. He's a pencil pusher. Or he's whatever. an accountant at his father-in-law's his manufacturing fr- company. Oh yeah, right. It's right. like they, they they own a factory or something, and they make stuff. Mm-hmm. It was never clear, but it's also not important to the storyline. No, it's like, that's so funny. Like it really isn't. I'm like, what? What do they do? Like you see them typing yeah. random numbers. That's it. You see, it's like. A little he's an, account, he's an accountant or just like an auditor. Like he's an accountant. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we, he's going to, he was going to let it go until, yeah. Oh, yeah. until he finds out that his daughter lost her kitty cat bracelet. And she said he it can't was in find the dang kitty cat bracelet. And, and she says it was in the bowl <laughs> where he that, had the cash. Yeah. So he goes after the, the, the robbers and like, that's again, what's kind of cool. Like, you see, he's he he just wants the bracelet. He's not even gonna really hurt them, because he knew the gun wasn't loaded. He knew, and then he, he knows where like he knows they're not gonna do much. But it's kind of heartbreaking when he gets there, and you see he wants to do something, but he's like he just feels bad for them, and then he feels worse when they don't have it, and he, they they have a baby, and he's just or, like or the whole the whole sequence where he just shows up in their hallway and you're like oh god something is gonna go down he is gonna just destroy them they give you they give you two of those turns where it's like wow Mm. he is potentially quite a sinister character exactly like you think oh okay like he didn't beat them up in the house so he's saving it to beat them up in their house yeah but again he doesn't do it he again it's heartbreaking he sees that they don't live the greatest life. They have a baby Mm -hmm. and he just tells them like, doesn't, I forget what he says, but he lets them, he lets them off the hook. And he, he, you could tell, he's just like, this is what's good about his acting. It's just like eating him. He's just like, Ooh, like he he does a great job of like, and, and and I think that's what makes the, the fact that it's him in this role. Right. It's something you've never seen him in, in terms of like anything Bob Odenkirk has ever done prior to this. This is something out of like, I guess, character archetype for him anyways. Right. But I mean, what you end up getting is this, this so believable of, you know, it's almost like it's believable that he is so dull. But he does have this like dark, angry beast inside him, and he does a great job of sort of like teetering that line before he finally crosses over it. Yeah, 
Yeah, and you, I mean, so this, we get to this scene that you see in the trailer is where he's on the bus. And that is the first time he finally cuts loose. And this, if anything, is my only, my only qualm, if that's the right word, with the movie. <laughs> my only quibble with the movie. Your only quibbitch? You know, like, in John Wick, his wife dies, then he get he... He gets his car stolen and his dog is killed by the Russian mobster's son, right? Right. So, yeah, yeah. Something horrible happens to him personally and it sets him off. And again, it's all over a dog and a car. And now we're on to, now we're waiting for John Wick 4 and 5, which are coming out. <laughs> but you have, but now with this one, yeah, that little stuff happens to him, but it's, that is not what sets off the movie. It's really just Bob Odenkirk wants to punch someone like that. You could just tell he wants to hit. Well, somebody. Yeah. It's like at that point, he had finally gotten out his aggression. Like there was the whole scene where he is searching for, you know, the two people that robbed his house. Right. And mm-hmm. he has like, um, a, an idea, like he, he saw the tattoo or whatever, and he's going to mm-hmm. all these other parlors and he finally gets to that one where it was actually done and the guys kind of call him out on being like a fraud, right? Cause he's posing as an FBI agent or whatever. Yeah. And the craziest thing is that one old weirdo looking vet knew right away what he was the second he saw like the little tattoo on his wrist. Yeah. And he sort of jumps out and hides. He literally, I guess, I love it. He, he bounces, he locks the door. Like, <laughs> like it, I feel like it was he like locks a car. Like the, like the the safety door type of thing like it's probably yeah. bulletproof or bulletproof well, gas it was like a cartoon where it was like <laughs> like there was like five locks <laughs> and uh yeah <laughs> no and it was great like some of the humor in it was really good in this movie and it, i'm yes. not surprised considering you have you know bob odenkirk and christopher lloyd like anyway but yeah, so again, you have these moments like it was a very s- s- a slow buildup at first, but it wasn't that slow because it was very everything still pushed the plot forward and it gave you a lot of well, character. Yeah, like every scene right did the push the plot forward and it gave you and everything we see in that movie just sort of gives us more and more about our lead. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and and we usually don't get that with a lot of the movies we've watched on this show. No, it's either like way <laughs> too. Oh snap! It's oh, <laughs> you just dropped the mic. I did, and not you in a even, good, not in a cool did, way. And you didn't say anything like that was like you know cool. No, but you have. <laughs> you need to. There <laughs> we go. But you have. Um, you need to backtrack. Yeah. No, but so what I was gonna say was. We, yeah, we'll we'll watch these movies where there's way too much setup, with little payoff or no or not setup, enough, or, or no setup, and you're like, what is happening, right? But this one, it's like <laughs> it does it does a good good job of meeting in the middle, and uh, but yeah, so we get to this. So like, getting back to like my only one of my few things that I was like kind of not disappointed in, but I feel like they could have given us more is this setup where he beats up these guys on the bus because we just see them talking to this girl. First of all, they're kind of giving her a hard time, but it it could potentially just be harmless. Right. 
it it's be, at the point yeah. where he is now decided at this point he's going to take it out on these guys who are obviously quite inebriated but they definitely were like they were going to do something because you see they have knives they have guns on them like these aren't the, your typical like just it's, they're not they're, they're not your typical hood no they're not just or, they're not just like talkers jerks. they're not thugs they're not they're not your typical <clears throat> thugs right well they're not it, just it, they're not just jerks they're not just trash talkers exactly they, so they like, are they're they are ready to do something exactly so the only thing they, i didn't they get start, though, you start with that and the only, then he sort of um no i was gonna say sorry, the, only th- the only thing the only thing i didn't get was they were in a car beside the or a truck beside the bus that crashed into something and yet they still made it on the bus <laughs> i didn't get that because i was like wouldn't the bus keep yeah, going that seemed, that seemed uh, odd I, I i found that odd because i thought that the or bus maybe would... the bus driver was startled by the fact that there was the crash right yeah and she would just let them on the bus like i didn't understand that because i was like they crash mm. into something they leave the i am not a bus driver and again <laughs> i feel like this goes into the realm of bad decision making in movies yeah so the movie can progress right now that being said right it also allows this whole setup for you know bob Odenkirk to finally find somebody to take his rage out on yep yep right because these guys come in like you know a force and they're just trying to like intimidate anybody that's on the bus a lot of people get off and then they sort of surround this one young woman mm-hmm. who does not have a line of dialogue. And if she does, it's she, like, thank you. She says, thank you at the, when yeah. she gets off the bus, that's it. Exactly. That's it. Like, that's all that's like, she, she, she's just sort of there for him to feel heroic. I guess it's like the save the cat moment or whatever. Right. Well, I mean, but he, you can tell again that he's not going to do something to someone if they haven't done anything like he's not just gonna he wasn't looking to just take it out on a random person but he knew like again that goes back to how well he can read people he knew that they actually were gonna do something to this girl if he didn't intervene so i mean i guess the only thing that was disappointing is we didn't really hear any dialogue they were just oh no they don't say anything all all it was is they're mumbling over underneath his actual like voiceover yeah his internal monologue or whatever yeah it was almost like something out of like Watchmen with uh rorschach where you're just hearing just his monologue his dialogue or his Mm -hmm. monologue anyways his internal monologue while things are happening in the scene right Mm -hmm. and it 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 almost does like because they almost sort of do that like almost like i think like a slow pen into his face Mm-hmm. The moment he finally decides he's going to do do it. Yeah. Right? Because they slowly move in on him with the camera. And it's almost like the look on his face, like, I don't know. I Maybe I may be reading too much into it. But it was, like, very reminiscent of, say, the scene in Godfather 1 where Michael is about to kill Solozzo and McCluskey in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Right. And in that scene specifically, like we're going like deep dive now in terms of movie, like 
you know, stuff. Yeah. I can't even look for, I can't even find the word, but it's like, you see, like just, just the acting alone that Pacino does. Cause you see the look on his face and you can just see, and it's, it's, it's amazing. He does so much with doing so little. Cause it's not like he moves. He has no dialogue and you know, it's, it's it's sort of like this dialogue over of the guys talking to him or whatever and then in in that scene you hear the train coming by and he's just looking around the room to see who's in there and then and then he just snaps and you know kills the two guys with this one it's not as sort of it's not built up like with that type of tension but you still see it like within at least bob odenkirk's eyes where he's kind of like all right i'm gonna do this now and he just goes right yeah and he decides, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to basically yeah. walks past them, kicks the driver off, and then all hell proceeds to break loose. Yeah. And I do like that he wasn't a great fighter at first. Yeah, it took like, him – he had to warm up. He <laughs> like, had to get the rust off. He, he gets stabbed. He gets punched. He gets thrown <laughs> yeah. out of the – through a window out of the bus. Out of the bus. You know, and what I love too – there was the one, like, almost as soon as the fight starts. Like, he's not – he's rusty, but the one guy mm. punches him in the back of the head, and he hurts his hand. Like, he, well, yeah. It, I mean, you're, you're punching, like, full-on skull at that point. But still, like, Bob Odenkirk is not affected – or Hutch isn't affected at that point. But the other guy is, like – you see, he's like, damn, like, my hand – and it's so good. But that fight, man, that was some visceral, like nasty. That was a nasty it fight. Is, it was a good fight. It was a great fight. I liked. Yeah. I liked a lot of the hand-to-hand fighting in this. I mean, oh, yeah, it, oh, it, it's so it, good. This, it's it is what these movies are, right? Between this and John Wick, it, this is. I think I really did like the fact that it wasn't as fluid and as clean. As the fighting in John Wick. Yeah. And and it's mostly just because of the fact, you know, I, I did like that. It, it took him a minute to sort of like get back into things. Mm-hmm. And he had to sort of warm up before he actually was able to fully just mess these guys up. Right. Yeah. No, it was so like, yeah, it, it was. Again, this is a guy who's rusty and <laughs> who's just. See, I mean, what's kind of good is that both in this, like John Wick too, in the first one, he, it's a sneak attack, but he gets taken out by that, the Russian guys at first, he gets like punched in the face, he gets like a bat or whatever, and that mm. like, he gets caught off guard. The, this time he's ready to go, but he's still gets thrown out of the <laughs> bus, like, <laughs> and him getting up too, he's just like. <sighs> oh, it, <laughs> He's oh, like, oh, it's gonna be a long night. <laughs> but it's so good. Like that that fight was great. That was a good like a good payoff for that, you know, about twenty-five minutes, I think, or twenty minutes maybe of of build up. I was like, Yup, okay, all right, here we go. And it did not disappoint. And then from there it's no, just it it's just from there it's just a nonstop kind of, you know. He's got to protect his family from the Russian but, like, guys. I just love the 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 full on like one eighty he does after the one fight. Yeah, do you know what I mean? After he beats up those guys on the bus, at this point, at least to him, he thinks 
whatever, I beat up some jerks on the bus. I've got nothing to worry about. I can go back to living my life. I feel good again. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, it's true. Like it's like he just needed to get that like that anger out of his system. Yeah, it's like he needed a side hustle. You know, like he needed he needed to just kill somebody. He doesn't he and, and you could tell he didn't want to kill anyone. No. Because he does attempt he, sa- oh. he saves the to guy save oh. the one guy's life. Oh, Which he ultimately ends up dying in the end, and more. like that. But that's the guy, you know, that sets all of the other things in motion after this movie. Yeah. Well, that's it. Like, of course, okay. So the guy he ends up hitting in the throat with a bar from the that he rips out of the. He, bus. Oh yeah, he rips. He rips out a bar, like one of those bars you hang on to on the bus. <laughs> He just rips it out. Granted, it was already loose. But still, but he rips still. it out, rips it out, hits the guy in the throat, like just, then has to cut open his throat to insert the straw so he can breathe. Who that scene? I was like, oh, okay, we're doing this. That was, okay. That was yep. so, so good. <laughs> I was like, we're doing this. Okay, let's it, go. Let's go. Mm. It was the best. <laughs> it's it's almost worse talking about it because like oh, watching man. it, you're like you're like, all right, okay, but you I, know, I, I can't like uh, I don't know what the term is. Cause I'm sure it's it's definitely been done in movies many oh, yeah. a time. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. It's it's an old go-to. I don't know how true it is and how it yeah. actually works. Yeah, I know the guy. The one guy did it in Saw, and he was fine after, or like Saw Five or whatever. Again, I am not a medic of any kind. No, me neither. At best, I could be. I could put on a band aid. I can't. I can't. That's about it. That go. That is the extent of my medical knowledge. Yeah. I am not a field nurse. I do no. not know these things. You're not? I'm not a first aid responder. Get it together, man. What are you doing? I need to get my life together. You know. But, but yeah. So <laughs> and, from- and thank you. So, since we went on this little rant about nurses and field nurses, thank you to the medical professionals in the world. You guys are awesome. Yeah, you're, you're good people. Trust me. Yeah, we, we really like you. Most of you. There's probably one or two. You know who you are. Bob Odenkirk is going to come after you. You Oh, no, I can't allow that. (laughs) But so like from there, from there, though, of course, I was kind of like, what's the deal with the Russians being the bad guys? Oh, it's a go to thing. It's, you know, like I, in American cinema. I know. And I'm like, OK, Russians being bad guys has been a thing since the Cold War. Uh, hey, I, I I get it. But it's like <laughs> since the Cold War. But and I, I know that the Russian mob exists. In the just 40s, like it was Germans. But like just like the Italian mafia exists, just like, uh, you know, the uh, the Chinese mafia, maybe. I but don't it's know. It's funny, like. <sighs> Russian mafia gets it, it, it's to mention it in film because we have brought it up, but the Russian mafia in film is always the bad gets guys. Almost, 
but it, it gets a more accurate portrayal, so to speak, right? Yeah. Where it is gross and grimy and you don't want to be involved. And then in many aspects, you know, un- arguably, except for the Sopranos, but in other <clears throat> things, the Italian mob sort of gets romanticized. Yeah. Like, yeah. Look at The Godfather, for example. It's yeah. like a love letter to the Italian mafia. But mind you, I, I'd argue it was produced by a lot of people in that world. But, Let's but also, not be honest. But I mean, at the same time, The Godfather or The Sopranos or Goodfellas, you, those are your protagonists. Like you're following those characters. So it's not like it's me. Like, you but know what I mean? But again, like, but if they made a, but if they made a, a movie about the Russian mafia where the Russian mafia are the leads, it might be portrayed a little differently. Like these have to be portrayed as Eastern the bad promises. Yeah, they did it, and they yep. were still they still considered pretty, but pretty dude, that bad. Was, but that was both. They were both the good and bad guys. You know, with Viggo Mortensen being Russian, but he's the but that's lead, what I mean. But it's he's like, killing it's, other it's just, Russians. I've noticed this now. Exactly, I've just noticed this, and I probably should have noticed it years ago watching these movies. But Italian gangsters get romanticized. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, for whatever reason, get villicized or vilified. Yeah. yeah. Italian and Irish, I guess, right? Like thinking of like the departed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, if <laughs> I guess, yeah, if Scorsese does a movie about it, then it gets, you know, romanticized and, you know, gets glossed over so to speak yeah right but none of these organizations are good no 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 they're not terrible but so from there though so so from there it just steamrolls you know we meet the head of the russian mob julian He's holding on to other mobsters' well, no, he's money. He's not even the head. He's literally just the guy who's taking care of their money. Right, but I think he's the head of he's, like one. I don't. I don't want to say he's the head of like. Okay, maybe that's the wrong word. Like he's not. I he's, you, he's you a know predominant. He's, on, he's a predominant like player in that world. Yeah, but he also has but no I, I meant interested he, in it anymore. It seems I meant like. he's the main bad guy. Is what I meant. Like, but yeah, it's true. He for this. Movie, oh yeah. But yeah, for sure. He because the, as soon as like in, in the terms club, of, yeah. But as soon as they're in the club, he you know you find out he's holding on to their money. They don't have confidence in him, so he ends up killing a random guy who has a stake in this other business and blah 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 blah. And you're like, okay. Turns out the guy that yeah. Bob Odenkirk had to put a straw in the guy's throat to have him breathe is this guy's brother. And from there, it kind of just. It, it it gets a little predictable, which is fine. Like I'm not saying it, it becomes John Wick. It becomes sort of John Wick, but it, it 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 becomes a little predictable. Like you know, okay, they're gonna find out where he lives. They're gonna come to his house. No big deal. It's like you know, a little bit of a death proof kind of thing. Um, it, it again, these movies like not death this. Proof. Sorry, not not de- death wish, not death proof. Death yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, death wish for sure. Um, but like these movies, this it's whole not, genre, yeah, it, it has to happen. It has yeah, to I was ha- going to say it, it, it's just it's it's just exactly. the way these movies play out. Exactly, they are they are predictable, but that does not take away from it, exactly the fun. like 
Exactly. Like it's one of those when things. When it starts to take away from the fun, that's when it's not a good movie. This movie still kept me entertained. Yeah. During that. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Because that's what I was gonna say. Like, even though we know it's coming, okay, they're gonna find out where he lives. We knew that. We knew this was gonna happen, and that's fine. Like, it's it's all good. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, it's just, uh, yeah. So from there we go on, and then and then you know, basically rest of the movie, you know, he buys his father-in-law's business, makes a fortress, fights the Russians with his brother and his father and he wins right like that's that's the basic rest of the movie and it's fun lloyd i loved dude the reveal that he was not feeble oh my god when he's in the room and the (laughs) he's in the room and the guys break in and he kills those guys with a shotgun or whatever. <laughs> and at first I thought, because, you know, the, the orderly kind of comes in and is like, turn it down. And you're like, oh, maybe he was just dreaming it. But like, no, no, no. He has a, he's holding a guy's face. And it's like, oh, so Christopher Lloyd is a badass. <laughs> this is awesome. I almost wanted him to be like, shh, it'll be over soon. Yeah. I just wanted him to say something like that. I want to be like, you got to come back with me. <laughs> Someone's gotta be done about your kids. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then I'll you find that. Oh, but man, oh. you have him and the Rizza. I was I like, yeah, Rizza. the Rizza was great. <laughs> I I totally forgot he was in this movie, and you know, he's I've only seen him in a few things that I that I can't even really think of off the top of my head. But again, it's it's one of those things where. The opening credits kind of ruin the reveal. You know what? I was it goes back to it goes back to like Inglorious Bastards where not Inglorious Bastards, sorry, Hateful Eight, mm-hmm. where they ruined Channing Tatum's cameo by putting his name in I the saw, opening credits. I still haven't seen that movie. That's all right. <laughs> it's good. But, but, but you but no, it's not that it's like it's too good I, for this show. No, but I knew that the RZA was in the movie, but it was one of those. He was just like I thought maybe he'd just end up being the voice on the radio, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Like because they have characters like that where it's just their voice, and you, you never mm. see them. But no, he ends up having the three of them together in that final battle is awesome. They're so good and so just so entertaining and. I was like, you know what? They need to do a movie now with the family. Like, oh, it's set up. Oh, for sure. That 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 ending credit no, no, scene it is fully set up. Yeah, with there's two ending credit scenes, I think. Two? Or is it just the one? The only one I can think of is the two of them in the camper van. Okay, then I'm just confusing the actual the the final scene of the movie before that then. Where, you know, He's in the uh, him and his wife are buying a house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it. No, hey, you know it's gonna be they. They have to. They they have to make a sequel of this. Just it's it's so much fun. Uh, you know, it, and again, Bob Odenkirk plays such a convincing. Like he, he's one of those guys, which which is cool about his character because mm. he's not a big man. 
Bob Odenkirk. No, he's, he's a small guy. He's you know, a regular size. I'd dude. say like 5'9", maybe. Like 5'8", five, 5'9". He's, he's not an Arnold. He's just he, a regular size. He's guy. not even a Keanu Reeves. Like Keanu Reeves no, is yeah, six feet. Exactly. He, he's so not even he's, that big. So you could believe him if you saw him on the street and he, he was just uh, uh, you know, a paper pusher. You'd believe that. Yeah, it's believable. But when he turns it on, you could believe that too. He still had that look that, oh, yeah, if he mm-hmm. said, if he turned around and it was like, when he says, I'm going to F you guys up, you're like, yeah, I believe that too. <laughs> and even though he I says it, it it's I funny. buy it. It's funny when he said it too, and he had that little like quiver in his voice, and you're like, oh, it, is he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he almost does it for, uh, to, to start, though. He starts to. <laughs> he starts to get a little bit messed up, mm-hmm. right? I mean, but, if it was any other movie, it would be like, "Oh yeah, he's gonna do it." But I love, uh, I love that scene too when he goes in the club and he's got a landmine, not a bomb. He's eating dinner. He's got a full-on landmine. Yeah, not a bomb. Like not just a little hand grip. Like because all the guys pull the guns on him. He's got a landmine just on the table. There you go. It's like, well, I guess we're all going to die tonight. <laughs> like nothing. Oh, it's so good, man. And uh, I like the little nods. Like, did you notice when um, they're fighting in the warehouse and he wipes off how many days? Yeah, I saw that. I thought that was good. <laughs> it's like 204 days. accident. <laughs> He's like, eh. but you know why it's 204? No. Because okay, so I read this because it was filmed in Winnipeg, and that's the area code. Oh yeah, I knew about it being in Winnipeg. So yeah, he's like, eh. I know Winnipeg. For um, our two American <laughs> listeners, Winnipeg is a cold, cold place. Winnipeg, Winterpeg, whatever you want to call it. If you really want to visit it, don't bring. Yeah, just don't. <laughs> just don't just don't i mean Um, no you can't even go no there's no mountain ranges to go skiing or anything that's in like vancouver and calgary i've been in winnipeg i was in winnipeg once for judging never went back well i've never been asked back you know from all the destruction i caused but uh nah but i was there and i was in like downtown winnipeg Right, like I think my hotel, yeah, yeah my yeah. hotel was in maybe the financial district, and it like shuts down really early. There is nothing to do. I was like, "This I, is I, so I boring." That's indi- that is just of all financial districts, but like I even mean, Toronto's financial district is fairly quiet. Yeah, but it's night. so close. It's so close though to. You know, yeah, you could be in the financial district, yes, but it is, it is, it is on... very close to like, yeah, I, I think the... you mean, I think what you're saying is the whole downtown core is fairly quiet. Yeah. Um, I had a similar experience in Ottawa. Oh. I went to w- watch a hockey game in Ottawa. And yeah, after the game, like in Toronto, after a hockey game, you could still go somewhere and hang yeah. out and chill. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But not so much in Ottawa. Everything was fairly quiet. And the other thing, too, and this is why I think the Ottawa Senators struggle to get people to come to games. Now this has become a hockey podcast. But (laughs) 
it's the fact that the the state that the arena itself is like to give you perspective it's like it's out of the actual city center so to give you perspective josh the arena would be in mississauga right comparatively than in the downtown core and that's been one of their toughest things to deal with but anyways that's but even not important is, that's even not even mississauga about this has stuff to do but yeah so no it's yeah. true but we get to but yeah so i mean the little nods were great i loved i read something because i think this was supposed to come out in 2020 this movie but Bob Odenkirk had been training for two years for this film. Oh, like, I, I believe like it. Like, that's crazy. And I also read, this This is kind of crazy. Apparently, it's based on a true story of his. Sort of. Or he got the idea. Some guys broke into his house. Bob Odenkirk's house. And he trapped, right. them, he trapped them in the basement. And... He said he wished he was a badass so he could take him out. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, uh, now that you mentioned the basement, I do like how when, you know, the Russian mob sends like these like, you know, highly trained and highly skilled like kill team to get him. Mm-hmm. And he kills like seven of them. Yeah. Easily. They capture oh. him. The, the final three capture him put him in their trunk of their car and he still manages to escape with a fire hydrant a fire extinguisher fire extinguisher and a fire hydrant or was it a pole i don't remember uh i don't remember either but but they crashed into something but i remember thinking why is there a fire extinguisher in a car so the movie can happen (laughs) i was like why is there a fire? That doesn't make sense. I was like, wait a second. It makes zero sense. But it was definitely so the movie can happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, man. like, But it, it gives us a cool sequence where he, you know, the where he dislocates his thumb to get the cuffs off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, so gross. And so it's not even like they show it. Just... Just the thought and just the mm-hmm. audio sound of it mm. happening is just no thank you. Yeah. Mm-mm. 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 Nope, not for me. Nope, not for me. <laughs> but yeah. And then he sort of explains to the one guy as he's dying, not like he can relay this information to anybody else about who he actually is. And mm. that's where you finally get the reveal. Yeah. Um, but I do like... And I thought this was this was hilarious, you know. I don't know if one or some of those guys might have been still alive, or he was just talking to the dead bodies in the basement. But when he finally finds the kitty cat bracelet under the couch, yeah, yeah, he's like, "What did he say?" Too, he's like, "He's like, damn. oh, damn kids." <laughs> And he puts it in his pocket or something like this. Would you look at that? Yeah. It was, yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> this whole sequence of events would have never happened. If he didn't leave the house to go look for it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I remember seeing that too. I'm like, mm. losing the kitty cat bracelet. Like that, that, that just makes 
it's such a great comedic nod. Yeah. Yeah, because it's true. You're like, what did happen to it? And you're not even thinking about it at that point because of what's happening in the movie. No, you've completely forgotten about it by this point in the movie. And then, yeah. you know, like the the, the classic, uh, you know, uh, comeback joke or like the joke where you turn around back to it, you know, the recall mm-hmm. joke, mm-hmm. it nails and it was so funny. Yeah, because it's so subtle too. He's like, "Oh, would you look at that, darn kids!" Yeah, <laughs> no, it's so good. Damn kids, it's so good. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. But is there anything more you you want to say about this one? Nah, man. I I I. Good? Could, I mean, I could go All on right. about how much I like it. You know, oh yeah, oh, so oh, many, dude. It's it's up there. It's so it's, many. It's one of the better films we've actually done on this show. So many cool and, moments. Hey, when he runs <laughs> into a grenade with that bulletproof glass or whatever it was, was it was like, the landmine with the blast shield. Right, he had a blast shield. I was like, what? He has a blast shield, and he runs at the guy. I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he should have had a little bit more. Um, Damn it! A few more injuries on that one. Oh, but again, just a bit. again, just so good. Well, we've come to the time in the show where we rate these movies out of five ginger snaps. And Josh, my good man, how many ginger snaps do you give? Nobody. Hmm. Ah, man, I'm probably. You know what? Like, I just enjoyed it so much. The soundtrack alone, the soundtrack yeah. alone yeah. was excellent. Excellent. I agree. Excellent soundtrack. It's up there for me. So I got to mm-hmm. go with, like, you know what? Just based on enjoyment, I'm going, like, five. I, wow. I, en- I enjoyed it. Out. You know, maybe. Going look, all I, out. I may go four and a half for I didn't like how they set up the bus. No, you that's know, the best part. What are you talking? No, about? no. I mean, just how the guys crash. We don't hear the talking. Maybe I'd go four and a half. But you know what? I enjoyed it. This movie, and I think if people like John Wick, they like those kind oh, of movies. Dude, this movie was. They'll so like this one. Fun. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm going four and a half. This movie was a lot of fun. It's by no means a perfect movie, but that does not make it a bad movie. Yeah, I'm, this oh, movie yeah. is enjoyable. It's entertaining entertaining there are comedic elements to it there are mm-hmm. little nods to you know like for example the um winnipeg area code uh <laughs> as the days marked uh without an accident like it, it's got it's got all these elements i mean there's good comedic actors too like christopher mm-hmm. lloyd is a, is hilarious Mm-hmm. As a comedic actor, anyways, and I always, I, I thought it was so funny just the way they sort of nonchalantly, basically, um, said they were going to do certain things. So, like before, you know, uh, Bob Odenkirk goes and hunts down the people that broke into his house. You know, he ends up at his dad's place and takes his old gun and FBI badge. And all he says to his dad, he goes, oh, I've got a thing I got to do. And his dad's like, all right, you better go do it then. 
Yeah. That was it. No, so good. And it's like, you don't know yet whether or not Christopher Lloyd knows about what his son was or is. Yeah. Yeah. And then when everything escalates, all he says, he calls up his dad. He goes, yeah, dad, you know that thing I had to do? Well, it escalated. And that was the message he leaves him. Yeah. He's like, just be ready. And again, same thing. Like I was surprised when Christopher Lloyd had a shotgun. I was like, he had like seven. <laughs> yeah, it's so many. But in the final fight scene, there's literally that joke. He's like, "Wow, you brought a lot of shotguns." Christopher Lloyd responds with, "Oh, you brought a lot of Russians." Oh, oh, and you know what? He he apparently insisted on carrying real, like he carried those. They're apparently like, you know, obviously it's not real bullets or anything, but they're actual right. shotguns. And those things are not light. <laughs> you know, I don't know the exact weight. And especially for a guy in his 70s, I think. They're not prop guns is what you're saying. Yeah. And he's a guy in his like. real deal. He's, you know, he's not a, a young guy. So however many no, takes they not, had, yeah. however many takes they had to do, he insisted on doing it with those, with those guns. Like he's that's got them all strapped to his like belt and stuff he's got at least four at least not enough <laughs> that weren't hidden i think he hid a few around the building i want him to have 18. <laughs> i want it's him to never be like, enough i want him to be like arnold in commando <laughs> i wanted him to kill a guy with a with a circular saw blade <laughs> Like Arnold does. <laughs> just throw it at him. With a skill saw blade, just throws it at the guy. Cuts shit. And it the guy's gets hair. like embedded deep into the guy's skull, too. <laughs> yeah. That's what I wish. Good times. Christopher Lloyd did. <laughs> yeah. We should do that movie. We did. We, never... <laughs> we did Commando? I don't remember <laughs> yes. the movies we've done. Dude, we did a two-parter, Commando and True Lies, son. I don't remember the movies we've oh, done. Oh, my God. And, this is terrible. And credibility is gone. I'm like the June Diane Rayfield of this podcast. Oh, no. I don't remember any of the movies we've done. You're like done. the Gwyneth Paltrow of, of the Marvel <laughs> movies. <laughs> yes, I'm the Gwyneth Paltrow of Ginger Flicks. Like that scene in Spider-Man. I was we were in Spider-Man? I was in Spider-Man? I was in Spider-Man? That's so cool. <laughs> we watched Commando? Uh, oh god, that's the Dave episode, isn't it? With the one with Kid and Joe. <laughs> Joe Bonson. Oh, I'm uh, sorry guys. I didn't even remember you were on the show. Oh God. oh, God. Oh, I need to be fired from this. <laughs> it's like, and deleted from the image. Oh. Removed from the call. <laughs> so, Josh, where can they find our social media? Ah, folks, if you want to find more stuff Ginger Flicks related... Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube. 
Ginger Flicks Pod. Look us up. Flicks always with that X. One word. All that good stuff because X marks the ginge. Yes. And don't be like me and actually listen to this podcast because I obviously don't. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm terrible. Uh, <laughs> for Ginger Flicks, I'm Joey. And I'm Josh. And we'll catch you again soon. Wink.